You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week we're scratching the itch to do a roundup because it's been a while since we did that. Technically. A lot of our episodes lately have been mixing a few different bands and new albums and talking about them. But I was going to say. But not officially under the title of a, right. of a rock roundup. We actually haven't done one of those since like the blues one in like August or something. The Rockville was a different roundup of a different kind of like 30 different bands. <laughs> it was a roundup of everyone. That was just that was too much. <laughs> too many things rounded up. We're keeping it tight this time. It's only going to be three artists in this episode. Yeah. All that have released albums over the past few months. It's we're being a little loose with the term fall, but I think we're going to call it a fall rock roundup. Yeah. It goes back to like back to school until now. Yeah. So well, we're <laughs> we're rounding them up in the fall. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly it. <laughs> now that we're into December, it's still technically the fall. <laughs> so we've got three albums we're going to discuss tonight, and they are quite different from each other. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we've got the self-titled Blacktop Mojo album that came out in August. We've got the debut album from Des Rocks that came out in September. And we've got Dead. D-E-D. <laughs> and... And their album that came out in October. School of Thought. School of Thought. All right. So who who's going to go first here? Well, it's really funny. I do want to say that, like, I do feel that the three of these albums do kind of represent every one of us. In the, yeah. In, they yeah. kind of do. They do. It's, they it, totally do. I mean, it's just, it's really funny because, like, so I'll go ahead and start because my album that I... I I will be honest, like I kind of brought the idea of a blacktop mojo because I was just really digging that. But I came across the the dead school of thought album and I love this album. You know, it does represent me. It's kind of a sporadic. It's, <laughs> it's very yeah. off the wall. It's it's in that hard rock. It's new metal range. It's new metal. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a meld of like every new metal band that existed almost. Yeah, I mean, I did like the album a lot. I do have obviously a couple of critiques because I do think that um, I, I do think that I mean, they, they they're close to having a unique sound or at least a sound of their own. But I mm-hmm. do also think that they there's songs that sound like corn. There's songs that sound like Papa Roach. Yep. Uh, but overall, they, they kind of <laughs> have a, a song that they have a sound of in this moment. Like it, it just it really sounds like in this moment and Come to find out that that he's dating the lead singer of in this moment, which is Maria Brink. Uh, so the lead singer of Dead, by the way, yeah. is dating Joe, Joe Catella. Yeah, yeah. He of the great he's, beard. Yeah, the great beard. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he does have quite a, a manly beard on him. That's for sure. <laughs> like I didn't get a chance to listen to Dead's first album, but it just kind of I don't know. It sounds like she had a lot of influence on this album, to be honest. Like whether it was not necessarily produced or just. Uh, just maybe just suggested or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, Cause it just, sound, it just reminded me a lot of the band, like not necessarily his singing, but like the band's music sounds a lot like in this moment's music. Yeah. With the kick pedals and everything else. Yeah. But it was, it was good. Oh yeah. 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 So to talk about the album a little bit, uh, or I guess a little bit about the band, this is the band's second album. Um, their first one was fairly successful. They had a couple of decent singles off of it. I mean, you know, not really getting like huge, huge airplay, but 
I think that they've already had a little bit more success with this one so far. They've released like three or four singles off of it. Hey, guess who produced one of the music videos on their first album? Who's that? I just want to get this name in here so we can, now that we're doing this. Oh, Fred Durst. I, I, I did see that. Yeah, I did see that. Um, that he produced that. I, yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, he produced a, a music video for their song Anti-Everything off of Misanthrope, their first album. Yeah. So there's that. Go on. Sorry. Just had to drop Fred. No, I was just going to say, so like one of the things that I really loved about this whole album is there's like lots of tempo changes. It's very hard and heavy when they do scream. They use the screaming for emphasis. So it's not really like besides maybe I think like the last song on the album lost. uh, You know, I think that's probably the only maybe 10 minutes underwater. Like other other than those songs, like there's not really a song where they just scream throughout the entire song. He does have a very great voice, sings very melodically through most of the songs and uses the screaming to emphasize things. And that's I I think that's why. That's what I like screaming. Like I compare it to System of a Down in that sense. Like, you know, Serge has a great melodic voice, but he just knows when to scream and it just works to emphasize what yeah. he's trying to, you know, the message he's trying to get across. I, I won't break down like the entire album, but so one thing I wanted to say, though, is their most recent single is called Kill Beautiful Things. And after yeah. knowing he uh, is dating Maria Brink, I'm a little little nervous. Me too. Um, <laughs> so, girl, you better watch yourself. Uh just watch out and maybe sleep with one eye open or some shit. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> cause it's like, now he's singing about it. Like, oh, I'm kind of nervous, but um, they did do a cover of love song. And you know, it was funny. Cause when I first heard this song, yeah, I, I didn't quite know what to think, but it has got a fucking awesome riff to it. And like, I, I really <laughs> wish that they would have used that, that riff for their own song because it, it's just, it's, like that riff on on its own could just be a great song in itself. And, you know, they use it on, on a, somebody else's song, but, but it, it, it kind of brings a, a different meaning to the, the song. Like, you know, when 311 covered it, it was happy. It was kind of like almost Island. Like you're just sitting out there, but I think that dead was more true to the, the cults true meaning. Like, you know, the cult was a goofy, weird band. And so I think the that cure? the cure, I'm sorry. Cure. Yeah. That is who I meant. Sorry. My yeah, apologies. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so like The Cure is a weird band. And I think that the song was meant to be odd. 311 kind of made it normal. You know, they just made it like a, an actual love <laughs> song. Um, but I think this kind of keeps the demented kind of feeling towards the song, or at least makes it a little bit more weird. What did you guys think of the cover song? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Casey? Um. I mean, it was a nice feature with Maria Brink. I thought I thought that's a good use of of her vocal talent, but uh, the the overall song kind of felt like it changed its meaning, sort of. I think that was the intent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm with you on like Maria sounds great in this one. Uh, they kind of work together. It's very eerie. Yeah. But now that you mention it, I mean, you're not wrong. Like the whole the whole thing of the cure was this like gothic heart on their sleeves kind of thing and it's so it <laughs> you're it, it could be argued that this one maintains the spirit of the original better than that 311 cover does yeah i still can't say i like it very much but i didn't like the 311 one that much either and i like 311 <laughs> a lot so <laughs> so maybe people should leave the cure alone unless you're goldfinger they do good cure covers <laughs> i thought it was kind of funny that they he did do the kill beautiful things and then right after that is this track is kind of 
weird. Yeah, the love song, Kill Beautiful <laughs> Things, followed by the love song featuring Maria Brink. That's what I'm telling you, man. It's a sign. Like, <laughs> I think I think there's a reason. That maybe they, maybe they put that one after Kill Beautiful Things just to make sure you all knew it was okay. Like, like they're just like, hey, don't take that that too personally about this. Yeah, it's it's offsetting. I don't know. I mean, I get the idea of Kill Beautiful Things. Like the the, the concept of that song is you know about like self sabotage and how oftentimes we like punish ourselves in that way. Yeah. Um, also, I want to know, I don't know if that's a, like a big, like octane hit or anything because I don't have octane or follow it that closely. But uh, I think that that song could be like, it's, it's as this genre goes, it's definitely a, an earworm. Yeah. It's yeah. a catchy one. And they have a couple of songs like that. Like, I yeah. honestly think, um, my favorite two on the album are probably Parasite and Persona. I I have to say that <laughs> Persona has one of my favorite lyrics of 2021, Uh-oh. and that's "Stop making stupid people famous." Yes, yes. Actually, let me let me clarify it. Stop making stupid people famous, motherfucker. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? I, I looked it up. I looked it up because I was like, "Where is that line?" That has to be from something. Because Our Lady Peace released a song with that title a few months back, like around the same time that this album came out. I'm like, how is that phrase coming up twice from two completely unrelated bands? <laughs> if it's not like, I don't know, a book title or from some movie, I couldn't find anything. It keeps coming back to these. I think and it's a it, phrase that that's been said, said for a while. It's it, it came about when all these YouTubers were, or I guess it re, you know, re uh, popularized itself when all these YouTubers were starting to get famous. YouTubers, <laughs> TikTokers, all this crazy yeah. shit. Yep. Well, I get it. Well, so so dead and our lady peace. There's your there's your degree of separation. <laughs> and they both feel the same way about stupid people and whether or not they should be famous. That's true. Two, two other songs that I thought were really good off of this album were actually the opening track Ghost and then the closing track Lost. Yeah. It was very strong. Like that was the one thing I thought was kind of weird about it. It was like I felt that it started super strong. It kind of like well, I, I don't know. Like, I think it peaked with Parasite and Persona and then kind of went like a little bit down back to loss, in my opinion, because like I was not a huge fan of like the 10 minutes underwater. Yeah. I thought Half Alive and Lost were really good, though. Half Alive was a really good song about mental health that he uh, talked mm. about. And it has a great riff. The one thing I did like about it, though, is it almost sounds a lot like Papa Roach. Yes. That was kind of my critique, too, because like they, I also thought like on Mannequin Idol, he sounded a lot like Jonathan Davis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when when you were comparing like what the song sounded like, it's like if you were to just name this band what they sound like, it's it's disturbed Papa Corn. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Disturbed Papa Corn. Yep. That's very accurate, too. Probably not wrong. <laughs> If that's still a recipe that will lead to some success, these guys will they'll get their play and their and their tours and stuff for that. Yeah, so. I mean, I think that they got on the right tour with in this moment as well. I mean, it makes sense too. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're kind of already in. I want to note um, we mentioned this before with the violent. I, I'm surprised that there hasn't been a band called Dead, just that word, even the DED version before. This seems like something that would have existed a while back. Like, especially like in this seems like a name that would have come out in like the first iteration of like the new metal stuff like 20 years ago. Like there had to be a band called Dead mixed in there somewhere. But I thought there was, but I thought it was like in parentheses or something. Well, there's there's head (laughs) P.E. Dead P.E. Dead P.E. If they combined. Maybe maybe I just got confused. I don't know. 
because <laughs> it's because well they did the same thing they took out the a it's just h-e-d but then they put the parentheses around it well now now i got a mashup band in my head <laughs> dead dead p-e is kind of fun the, de- <laughs> the dead dead p-e the dead 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 p-e <laughs> oh, it's getting too weird a little bit a little bit they sound like other bands. It doesn't mean they have to share names of the <laughs> bands. <laughs> I don't know. But shout out to that guy's facial appearance. Like if you look at his like his like costume or whatever you want to call it that he wears on stage. Um, it's something else. It's, it's really funny because when I showed my wife a picture of him, she's like, does he always wear that makeup? I said, yeah, it's in most pictures. I've seen. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. He's got the beard. He's got he wears like these like white white right angles painted on his face and then like some eyeliner um i don't know what he's going for to be honest it's just like their logo i guess that's just it (laughs) oh you're probably right actually i didn't even think about that it's probably trying to be like the logo or something like that it's a look unique looks often are helpful make you stand out a little bit yeah because if i well not that i'm gonna see it but like if, if you pass this guy like in a concert you would definitely realize he's probably from some band or another oh, yeah. he <laughs> honestly like he he needs the beard if you see some pictures from before it he doesn't look as rock starish he looks like he just <laughs> he looks just... yeah he looks almost too normal and and just like a guy who goes to the gym a lot yeah exactly like, so like he's he a big tough beard. looking dude that's that's why I, I i've been trying to you know grow my beard out it's it's to look more rock starish right <laughs> <laughs> that's the plan dan's gonna make his this um, rock debut. I mean, so I probably w- won't have any chance in hell at looking anything like his, but <laughs> I'm trying. Do your own thing. It's all right. It's all right. Well, yeah. Just just try some uh, some face paint and you'll be good. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> some couple lines on my face and I'm rock star now. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of facial hair. Oh, uh, that's a good transition. The next band has <laughs> all sorts of facial hair. And red, red facial hair. <laughs> Dan's, Dan's very fascinated by this man's red facial hair. Dude, he's a goofy looking guy. I, I mean, I'm I'm so in love with this band, but he's a goofy looking guy, at least on the first video, <laughs> Wicked Woman or whatever. All right, Casey, what's the band we're talking about here? We're talking about Blacktop Mojo. All right. And they are from Texas and they look like they are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the first song is called "Wicked Woman," and the video on it is a great video for one. Um, and, and so, like, but it, the dude's just very animated with this face, and like yes. in the music video, it's he's just very entertaining because he he with his animations, he just makes himself look like a goofy guy. And they've they've <laughs> made they've made quite a few music videos more than just Wicked Woman as well. But yes, uh, yes, and they they're, have. they're quite entertaining in their own right. But yeah, yeah I, I definitely can appreciate a band that, that focuses on, on the quality of their music videos. Yeah. And s- since we're on the subject of that with Wicked Woman, if you watch the video about halfway through, it interrupts the song and <laughs> it goes through this little sequence that's like a mini movie <laughs> and that's fun with, the, with one of the greatest actors ever that <laughs> convenience store clerk was just stone cold face like <laughs> sir this is <laughs> this is a speedy mart a speedy mart that's right 
got some hot dogs I put on the roller two days or yesterday. They should still be good. (laughs) (laughs) They're good. Yeah. They're good. And then, because he deserves an Oscar. The whole, the whole. This episode's a commercial for Blacktop Mojo music videos. Well, the whole, the whole music video is this, this woman, like basically uh, doing a seance type thing and like, killing yeah killing members of the band so he's trying to find he's trying to find weapons and he's like uh we have hot dogs and and then he's like i'm gonna can i borrow your bathroom key and then he gives him the bathroom key and it's like a shovel stick connected to a machete (laughs) (laughs) all right i'm a fan that's yeah. ridiculous. Sounds and then great. he gets choked out later on. What? But why are you spoiling? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's up with music videos of people killing off their own band lately? Right. Like, yeah, that's true. I still can't get over the non points ruthless video where Elias takes a baseball bat to his own to band. Yeah. And, and then this comes out. <laughs> are you guys having some internal struggles you need to work out? No, well, but the, maybe the that helps not. Get them. Yeah, was the same. yeah. It helps get them through some stress. Like, let's just pretend to kill each other. Right. There you go. <laughs> then we won't we'll really feel much it. better afterwards. There you go. I don't know. <laughs> well, but what's interesting about this band is they have released a ton of albums of the last couple of years. They've existed for about, 10 i believe they've existed since uh 2012 yep and i feel uh, like there's like some underground southern rock like bootleg uh music channel something that we don't know about like (laughs) because rival sons had six freaking albums come out before we even heard of them right now this band's got four albums and like wait like how are we not getting the lowdown on all this these southern rock uh blues influenced artists shout out i think i think we just have to listen to the hook that's true friend jay on the hook he's he's got him and and his friends they've they've got it down when it comes to those like blues rock and classic rock influenced bands right this kind of thing and those guys have been all about blacktop mojo and the self-titled album is is a huge deal for a lot of the people in like our i don't know what you call like twitter podcast community Yes. Yeah, and this this band kind of hit it big with their cover of Dream On, and I remember hearing that cover, but then I guess I never really like followed up with the band itself, I guess. I don't know. You know, I put out um for this episode, I kind of usually I'll tease an episode like that's coming immediately, but I don't usually tease before we even record. Yeah. But I did that for this one, and I kind of threw out these band names and asked for people's, you know, if anybody had any comments about it and and um our friend Brian from Playlist Wars he mentioned just that. He said, I've been all in on Blacktop Mojo ever since I heard their co- their amazing cover of Dream On. He says, if you can slay a cover of that magnitude, you forever have my attention. And um, we've mentioned that kind of thing before. Like, if you can do a great job on a cover of a song that probably shouldn't even be covered, that goes a long way towards building some credibility. Yeah. Yes. It can ruin you too, though, because you know I'm there's like I'm not a huge fan of people or bands that make it big off of somebody else's song. However, like you said, something like that, it's probably going to draw more uh, attention or respect because they did a good job of it. Yeah. Well, that's what worked for Brian. It sounds like that's what worked for KC. You, you said you you know, caught notice of them with that cover. Yeah, I, re- I remember them. or remember hearing that cover somewhere. But um, one thing that I thought was was interesting at listening to this album and then 
having enough time to listen to some of their previous stuff, they did a lot more background vocals. Like on all their other albums, it's just the lead singer, um, Matt James, uh, that, that does all of the vocals. And on this one, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's still just him or if, if another band member, it sounds like it's a different vocal, but, uh, Hmm. it's, it's kind of hard to tell, but, uh, one thing that you can tell listening to this is, like we said, it's it's definitely kind of Southern rock, classic rock influenced. But there's one track in particular when I listen to it, I'm like, that's totally Alice in Chains. And that's Stratus Melancholia. Stratus Melancholia, which is, yeah, that's definitely the wildest song name on this album. Yeah. <laughs> one can definitely do worse than having Alice in Chains influences. Yeah when you look up the the meanings to both of those words, it gives a whole nother meaning to Alice in Chains. If you think about it, go on. <laughs> I'm intrigued with where you're going with this. So stratus is a cloud forming a continuous horizontal gray sheet, often with rain or snow. So a, a gloomy gray cloud. Okay. And then melancholia is deep sadness or gloom. So that fits Alice in Chains to a T. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Or I just can... any grunge band, really. Yeah, really. Yeah. yeah, I can buy that. These guys definitely have those grunge influences. Can I, can I make note, you were mentioning kind of the different singers or, or the, you know, the vocals and figuring that out. And Yeah. Um, one thing that stood out as I was listening through this album, the track Latex, um, the vocal melody of it, if you listen to his his like tempo, his pace, and and the melody melody line, it's very similar to the verses from Wonderwall. <laughs> yes, yeah, and there, um, not, it, obviously, it, Oasis not being a grunge band, but it's just that's what I thought of when you're talking about that. I and it's not the whole song. My second like favorite song on the album, too. I think it's the track "Do It for the Money." The ending part of it sounds exactly like a Nickelback track. <laughs> like like the Nickelback track, the yes. one that they keep rewriting. It, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Dan just said that that latex might be a second favorite, um, and then you mentioned "Do It for the Money." Is "Do It for the Money" your first favorite? Because I think that's mine. Um, uh, m- one of uh, my favorite is still the Stratus Melancholia, but all right, but uh, "Do It for the Money" is good. Um, it's up there, definitely for me. Taillights is another good track, the last track on the album. Yeah. So we're essentially working out what the flavor of the week will be for Black Top Mojo (laughs) (laughs) whenever this album shows up on the radio. The one track, and I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but I'm assuming it is, that I didn't understand why it's called that is the second track, Bed Tundi. Yeah, I was wondering that too. I I I mean, I know what it's referring to, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I get that too, but which I don't know, always bothers me. Cause like, you know, the more you, you talk about somebody, the more of a legend or I guess, you know, I don't know, I guess historical. I, I don't you, even know how you would phrase that, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the lyrics to the song, it definitely seems to be talking about the guy whose initials they inverted in the title. Yeah. Which is, which begs the question, like why even change it? But I don't know. Cause he's <laughs> definitely talking about, you know, kind of this, devious person who has a smile on their face that deceives people and 
Yeah. Um, but they're ultimately up to no good. And so it, it fits the vibe of that guy pretty well. And that's a little creepy. Yeah. Can I just say that, like, I, I truly feel that and, and maybe none of these bands Maybe I'm just crazy and none of these bands are, are truly influenced by this band. But I feel that the day that I heard Lonely Train on the radio, <laughs> that all these bands kind of, you know, started being influenced. Because, mm. um, I mean, you got to remember that was back in like 2006, I think. Six, yeah. And I, I mean, just look at how <laughs> many blues influenced or Southern rock bands there are now out there compared to back when, you know, Blackstone Cherry got that single on the radio. I mean, it was, yeah. it was a huge single. It was a big deal. Yeah. And I mean, just think of like the bands in their wake, like Shaman's Harvest and, you know, it's everybody that's come out in, in that in that kind of uh, time frame since then. Yeah. Monster Truck. Although yeah. you, you sent that video of the Kid Rock video and that just makes me sad. <laughs> really oh, sad. Man. Oh, man. I was kind of hoping that wouldn't come up, but I guess <laughs> since it has, is this something you want to well, speak to for a I'll, moment? Or? I don't want to I don't want to talk about it too much other than to say. <laughs> what kind of a fucktard do you have to be to steal somebody's song and then just say that they're featured in it? He's been doing that for years, dude. He stole Metallica's like that was his second biggest single. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then we're like, not going to say his name. Cause that's the same thing as mentioning bed Tundy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we're not going to talk about the rest of it. It just, uh, you you showed me that on the text chain and I watched like part of it and it just made me really sad. Yeah, your reaction was awesome. <laughs> You've done a reaction video for that one, huh? <laughs> reaction <laughs> for GC. Yeah. I watched the rest of it and I was like, all right, we're going to do that now, are we? That, that's we're not going to see the artist, but the song that we're talking about is Show Me How to Live. It yes. is originally a monster truck song, but somebody just fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> and then claimed it as their own song that's yeah. the fucking greatest part like this is totally my song this bitch. is my yeah, song okay. you're right you did fuck that song up you can claim that <laughs> good job monster well, truck well, probably won't anymore well <laughs> what made it worse is the lead singer is in the video like the entire yeah. time it's like oh why they they <laughs> gave them they gave them permission <laughs> and they shouldn't have well, I mean, it makes sense. Like, you know, if you're Monster Truck, you, of course you want to uh, try to advertise to that dude's ba- uh, fan base. Yeah. And try to get your you know name out there to his fan base because he's huge. He also just for no reason. My, I mean, the band is called Monster Truck. Yeah. Which yeah. totally which totally in and of itself, people would be like, oh, what? Monster Trucks. But then the fan base would figure out they're from Canada and they'd be like, we don't like Canada. <laughs> uh, we've detoured so so far from poor blacktop mojo yes but that that made us sad but blacktop mojo makes us makes us all pretty happy it does um, yeah and i i can't wait to see this band on Shiprock. they're they're gonna be i'm i'm definitely looking forward to seeing them i'm making sure that i'm, I'm gonna be a front and center just so i can see all his goofy antics and one one thing we haven't mentioned is how awesome the guitarist of this band are Yes. Well, and, I mean, everything like the singer's got an amazing voice. The, yeah. the guitarist is, you know, they were they were great. Uh, I mean, everybody is just great at their instrument in, in this band. And I think that's one reason why they, they've worked so well together for the last uh, six years, seven years. Yeah. Four albums. Well, and track six, Make Believe, is like a minute and a half long track. And it's like all classical guitar. And it's it's. 
is it purely instrumental yeah or not it's not it's not entirely instrumental but okay. but it's it's mostly just the two guys playing guitar i like that they put that smack in the middle of the album mm-hmm. just to kind of like show off for a minute it's like here's the intermission it, it almost of. it's 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 so classical it almost sounds like like a mexican like <laughs> type song with with the the big guitars <laughs> hey man i i will i will uh admit to i i got really excited when i saw track five jealousy thinking it was a cover yes the black crows i mean it's still a great song don't get me wrong it's a really good song but um i i when i first saw it i thought it was going to be a cover just because i mean it's already a, you know a southern rocks blues influence band and i think you know it's right. one of the greatest bands out there that's uh yeah, and it it was hard to place his vocal style because I don't think he quite sounds like one particular person entirely. But if you were to pick one, the Black Crows would be pretty close. Yeah, but yeah, because he's just he's got very good melody in his voice. Yes. Yeah. And quick shout out before we wrap up Blacktop Mojo here to our friends Patio Slave and their friends, a band called Troll, who uh, opened for Blacktop Mojo at one point. And um, they noted in that Twitter thread that the that Blacktop was an excellent band that was really nice dudes and very complimentary and encouraging to the opening acts, which is, which is always a classy thing to do and a, and a great thing to hear about a band that they take care of the the bands that are supporting them. Yeah. Yeah. So kudos there. They just seem like they've been grinding it out the last couple of years. So, and I think that they're going to continue to get bigger. I mean, you know, they got a, a couple of really decent singles off this. I think um, they've only released like one song though uh, for the radio and that's uh taillights. Yes. Yep. So I would like them to, to release some more songs like, you know, a good radio song, honestly, in my opinion would be rewind. I think that that probably would, would make a fantastic single for this band or Wicked Woman too. But I don't know, just rewind is like a, it's a it's just a different type of sound and, and kind of I think almost just summarizes this album best because it, it has almost all their sounds in one song. Yeah, and and one thing that I did want to also mention is I think that this for this band in particular it kind of hits the sweet spot. It's twelve tracks, forty seven minutes. Yeah, each track is roughly about four minutes long, and. Uh, it's got some good breakdowns in pretty much every song. So yeah, it's a solid album from beginning to end. It's not an album that you're going to sit there and be catching yourself skipping tracks, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. So we've got some good contenders here. Speaking of albums that you don't really skip tracks on, I have recently discovered this artist, Des Rocks, and his debut album is called A Real Good Person in a Real Bad Place. And I am a huge sucker for this album at this point. 11 tracks, 31 minutes long. It flies by. And I think every track on this sucker is a winner. And so a um, little quick thing about him. It's it's technically it is a band, but ultimately it's a, sort of a combination of band and stage name. So the guy's name is Daniel Rocco. He goes by Des Rocks. And they, so he's the person in charge of creating all this music. When he's touring, he has two bandmates that are touring band with him. It's the same people. Yes. He's been around for a handful of years. He actually started with a band called Secret Weapons that had to disband due to his bandmate having Lyme disease, which that's awful and unfortunate. And so he kind of started doing his own thing, released a few EPs and singles here and there. And then this year came out with his debut full length. Technically, this dude does qualify as hard rock. If you really want to get as generic as you can, all three of these artists are hard rock artists, but they definitely veer off into very different directions of that. 
Yeah. And and where Blacktop is kind of takes that that bluesy influence and where Dead kind of takes that new metal influence. Desrox really leans into the like theatrical, like the yes. like Queen. Yes. Kind of stuff. He's it's the sound of this album and probably honestly why I love it is because it's very influenced by Muse. Yes. That's what I was going to say. When listening to this whole album, I could pinpoint all of his influences. Yeah, give me a few more. I want to see what you came up with. Elvis Presley. Yep. <laughs> he definitely has an Elvis thing. He kind of has that black coif hair and stuff and this, you know. Anyway, go on. Queen especially. Queen, yeah, yeah very much. Um, Roy Orbison. Yep. And then also one that's not listed, but one that I would throw in there anyway is Electric Light Orchestra. Oh, Okay. See, and that's a mix that's working for me. This, like I said, discovered this album, discovered this guy. Um, I I used to be a huge fan of Muse, and over the years, like their last few releases, they've really kind of lost me. And so hearing a dude who is so heavily influenced by them making (laughs) these really catchy tracks, I was like, oh, this is what I've been waiting for them to do for all this time. (laughs) (laughs) So saying that, can I ask you, so why do you feel over the years that you have uh, fallen apart or away from Muse? I think their last few albums, like over time, and this might sound weird given what I'm how I'm praising this particular album, but I think that Muse eventually started leaning too much into the theatrical craziness, for one. I would agree. And then I also started finding their lyrics and cut like subject matter to get less interesting. Like they really started like leaning into like this like government paranoia, conspiracy theory kind of stuff. And it was always part of their sound, but like they really went hard on it. And then I think just like the riffs and stuff got less catchy to me. Yeah, it went more electronic than anything else. Yeah. Now, I will say Simulation Theory was kind of crap, but um, yeah. <laughs> Drones and uh, like Second Law and the Resistance, I actually became a bigger fan of this, of Muse, uh, when you kind of stopped being a fan of them. And the reason why was because like when Muse first came out, I didn't like his singing. I I felt like his singing was very high pitched. He was Breathy. doing a lot of inward singing. Yeah. Like, like tenacious D like, dude, <laughs> I just created yeah. a new singing. <laughs> My point being with that is that I, so I think that's one reason why I didn't like this album. I'm not huge. I mean, I will say that I'm not a huge fan of the album. I, I thought there are, there are songs that are okay. There's songs that I can listen to and there's songs I would, wouldn't mind playing on the radio, but it had it's it's the same issue that I had with Muse when they first came out as I just don't like the way he sings. I can see where you're coming from with that. Um, but I, let me let me kind of throw it this way a little bit. He is very interesting because he started performing at like age 13. We're talking about Des. Yeah. Yes. Not, De- not, not in the guys from Muse. Yes. Des. But he kind of has almost like a Prince vibe to me in, in that you either love some of his songs or you don't like some of his songs. I, I think it's that visually he's, he's this, he's kind of a, you know, skinny dude. He loves his, you know, his, his cool sunglasses. Like I said, he's got the hair. He's, he's a, he's definitely a New Yorker. Yeah. Like there's, there's a vibe going on there that, that I could see where you would um, kind of feel princey about it. And obviously he's a guitarist. So yes. yeah, I didn't, I didn't get that at all. <laughs> Well, and I just I think I think as his career progresses, it it's just will be interesting to see what he does from here on out. 
it will be interesting to see if he maintains the same sound because that was the other thing I, I felt that like there there was an overarching kind of theme or theme like yeah. sound, but like there was some songs that didn't sound anything like the the rest of the album. I don't know. It was just it was just all over the place. I felt yeah. And that's that's why I make a Prince comparison because that's kind of how Prince was too. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I would disagree with that. I think that more listens, it's it starts to feel more unified. But quick side note, because I still need to say this about Muse, they released a 20th anniversary remastering of Origin of Symmetry earlier this year. Which, being that it was their second album, Dan probably really would hate the vocals on it. But <laughs> <laughs> it, if if you're a, if you're a fan of Muse, get that, put some headphones on, or get on vinyl or whatever. Like the 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 intricate sound quality of that is fantastic. Like that is just a killer. Um, but back to back to Des. So a couple things about this guy. One, I want to direct people to go to the man's website because it wonderfully looks like it's from about 1999, and I think that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that makes that just makes me happy when people do that. And the line on his bio is, "I'm here to drag rock and roll into the 21st century, kicking and screaming," <laughs> which I think is super wonderful. You know, juxtapose against this like old looking website <laughs> and so the album title a real good person in a, in a real bad place is referenced multiple times in many different songs he does there's there's some really interesting tracks on here um i will track two and track three um apparently this dude really loves threes because yes. track two is called why 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 and track three is called break 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 and so that's the thing yeah so there's a couple of things in here that I want to point out to direct people to. For one, there's a song called Don't Hurt Me that has like, I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like a, some type of like 50s or like doo-wop yes. kind of thing to it. Like like it's it feels like a song by a band that's been pulled from a different era, which is really cool. Which is which where is the, Elvis and, the Elvis and Roy Orbison influences show up. Which is also very interesting to me that he talks about, you know, kind of wanting to progress rock, but he and while he's using these such influences. Yes. Which right. is impossible. It's not a bad thing. It's just interesting. Every band is yeah. influenced. We talked in a previous episode about how everybody's influenced by, I don't know if it's our episode or if I was listening to somebody else's. It all blurs together now. Everybody's influenced by Led Zeppelin and Led Zeppelin ripped off everybody yes. else. So, yeah. I mean, it's That was it's our conversation with The Hook. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so, <laughs> nonetheless, um, there's also one called The Devil Inside, which to me, it sounds like Muse covering a Prodigy song. So it has like this electronic like bounce <laughs> yes. to it. Very interesting and very different. I'm going to direct people to the to the first single from this album. It's called MMC, which stands for Mickey Mouse Club. Yes. And um, that is something else. It um, It's definitely a great song about the shallowness of, of kind of this, you know, Disney vibe and whatnot. It, he says, um, welcome to the Mickey Mouse Club. You know exactly what to do with a pretty face before it ends up on a milk jug. And then, yeah. um, yeah. So he goes into that. It kind of has this like pop punk chorus. that sounds like it would have fit on the machine gun Kelly album. The video to that's quite interesting too. Cause it's, it's this, uh, actress with a blonde wig and she's like this, you know, Mickey mouse club character. Yeah. And then she's like vomiting and doing drugs <laughs> and, and <laughs> doing all the things that Mickey mouse club people Shouldn't do, but all did. Kind of like a Britney Spears type of thing. But it's the, the line in there, never let a rat in the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, he says it a lot. Yeah. So that was a big one. There was also a single called Hanging by a Thread that was pretty catchy. And, and this is another dude that I, I feel like his combination of sounds 
would play very well on on a lot of modern rock radio because it's very accessible and very catchy the man's good at hooks i'm kind of surprised as i am with all three artists we've we've talked about they really haven't gotten that much radio play overall yeah not terrestrially in st louis or chicago anyway yeah. If they have been getting radio play, we don't know about it. <laughs> well, and and not even on like the rock charts. Like, yeah, you know, they're not they're not positioning that that much, or Which, so so far he hasn't positioned at least according to what I can see right in front of me uh, uh, at all this year. Which to that point, I, I want to you know shout out to our radio show that is back on the air on Sunday nights from six to nine on eighty nine one thewood dot com. Um, and that's just that's a great thing that we have the ability to do that is is kind of unique is to 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 do both. We can do this podcast and talk about music and then we can go play it and show off what we're talking about and vice versa. And so, you know, artists like this, we can do more than just give album reviews about we can put them out there on the air and give some degree of, uh, you know, kind of a push to them. And so that's yeah. a cool thing to do. I'm excited that we can do that again now. So, yeah. Yes, I agree. And before we go too further, uh, didn't you have uh, some comments from, from people regarding Des? Yeah. So um, one of our friends on the Twitter is a podcast called She Will Rock You, which I highly recommend. It is Leah and Beth Ann who will give sort of history lessons in rock. They interview and discuss musicians and other people in the industry, generally women. So it's kind of a, a by women for women thing in most contexts. And yes. they're, it's it's great. And they are massive fans of Des Rocks. And so whenever I had to put that out there to say, OK, hey, let me know some people's thoughts on this. What they said was the album is fresh, vulnerable, but still has sing along anthems that hold up for screaming live. MMC is a masterpiece. It's a top album of the year for both of us. So that's one endorsement from She Will Rock You. Yeah, which makes total sense because I know Leah's a huge fan of Queen and also the Struts, and Desrox has gone on tour with the Struts. So the Struts are a band that we haven't discussed yet. I think this might be the first time they've ever been mentioned on the itch, but yeah, sometime down the line they will be mentioned more. And then Heidi Ann on Twitter also let us know she she gave an extra resounding review. She said, "I tried to imagine what we might get on Desrox's debut album, and I should have known better." You can't predict what a Desrock song will sound like. He'll just obliterate your expectations. <laughs> 1010, the album is an artistic treasure. Only way to make it better is to go hear it live. For the record, I do want to hear it live, and there is an opportunity in about a week from now to see him in Chicago. Whether it'll happen, I, I'm not sure or not, but I, I do believe it if someone says that these songs translate great live. So there's a couple of, of very, very big fans there. <laughs> and, yes. um, and a couple of big fans of Blacktop we mentioned in there as well. I wanted to call this kind of like a almost called this a buzz rock kind of thing, because these are bands. These are all three artists that have, I think, you know, despite we mentioned not necessarily like charting on on radio per se, but there's definitely a buzz behind each of them for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they're all up and coming and trying to make a name for themselves. And I think these albums are all a great uh, effort towards that. Yeah, and I think they're all kind of hitting their stride all at once uh, mm -hmm. right now. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm excited to see where the future goes for all three of them. They're all still, you know, relatively young. We mentioned Blacktop's been around for most of a decade, but that's still fairly young. And I think that I think that there are big things for each of them coming. 
I would agree. Yeah, can't wait to see what is in store. Hopefully, uh, more touring because I I'm definitely getting ready to see Blacktop Mojo live. I, I want to see I want to see Dead live. Uh, you know, if De- if uh, Des Rocks is on the bill with somebody else, I wouldn't pass the opportunity up. Yep, I think he's going to be an energetic one, and I'm I'm about that. Yeah. I don't, I'm not trying to get up in the pit and get wild or nothing, but I'm, I'm about some artists <laughs> that have the energy. <laughs> yeah, the the day I got uh, stepped on and thrown out of my shoes was the last day I entered the pit. <laughs> <laughs> By the time this episode comes out, it'll probably be getting down to the wire if you happen to be interested in any itch merchandise for the holidays. We would love it if you are. We would be super grateful. <laughs> and you can find that at itchrocks.com. And it should get to you before Christmas if you, uh, you know, do it now. And if not, we still appreciate that you listen to us. Tell you what, hit us up. I might have a little code for you to get a discount. If you if you directly approach us about it, I'm not going to put anything out here because I haven't decided what that will be yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great uh, gift for your favorite rock artist, uh, you know, uh, favorite <laughs> friend, uh, your favorite prisoner, whoever you can think of. <laughs> Everybody needs some itch gear. We got mugs. We yeah. got we got uh fanny packs. If you wanna if you wanna pull a KC move and just buy a bunch of masks and hand it out to artists you meet, it works out perfectly fine. Dude, that would that be would, awesome. We'd love we would that. definitely appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> keep keep people protected and and spread the word about the itch. Stickers, however, those can go anywhere. Yeah. Um, one of my missions for the new year is to find um a, a way to get stickers very cheaply and cheap and accessible for people. Because um, right now they're honestly more expensive than they should be. And there's not much yeah. I can do. About that. You hear that, Pops? We're coming for you. We're yeah. coming for you, Pop. All the <laughs> venues are going to get stickered. Especially Pops. Especially Pops. All right. <laughs> that place is already dirty. It needs something to cover it up. <laughs> Covering up all the stains at all your venues. That's it's right. stickers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to touch that door when you have to open the stall. Just slap an itch sticker on it as you're opening it. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all just don't know when to stop, do you? (laughs) I can make it worse. Uh, I don't know how much of this I'm going to be able to use. (laughs) Next time an artist wants to pee on you, just slap an itch sticker on it. (laughs) I quit. You want to flush the toilet? Slap an itch sticker on it. That's right. That's what I want people to think of is us while they're on the crapper. <laughs> got to itch. You got to pee. <sighs> we got to get out of here, you guys. No one's going to ever buy our crap now. <laughs> yeah. But most of that shit will be cut and yeah. be used on the next Thanksgiving episode. <laughs> Leftovers 3. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for listening to the Itch Podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And don't forget, this Sunday you can listen on 89.1 FM from 6 to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. And until then, rock on. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the show. We've got plenty of links in the show notes to continue the conversation, including the episode's playlist. And you can interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, or through Gmail and itchrocks.com, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. I was going to say, which brings us to the next thing. If you want to be a part of the street team that's non-existent, then you're more than welcome to go buy our stuff and become a street team. You can... (laughs) 
like to form a street team is what he just said. <laughs> That's on you. Go for it. You have our endorsement. <laughs> exactly. Arresting itch face mob. We we yep. have other things to do. But, but, you, <laughs> but you're welcome to street team for us. <laughs> you get a mask and you get a mask. That's right. I'll, if somebody did that, I will give them, absolutely give them a shout out on episodes <laughs> all the time. But yeah, it only goes to artists and people who are pro- help promote us. <laughs> I'm just giving away to random people now. <laughs> That'd be a bad street team. 